you will this morning turn with me to our text where we'll begin we'll spend the rest of the day in another text but uh, Psalm 39 7 Psalm 39 7 Psalm of David Psalm 39 7 says this and now Lord what wait I for my hope is in thee let us pray Oh, Lord, how great Thou art. What a faithful, wonderful, merciful Lord Thou art. Lord, we prove every day how unfaithful we are to Thee. And Lord, every day You prove how faithful You are to us. May You be pleased in this hour to reveal to us, Lord, what is the believer's hope. That You would be pleased, Lord, to bring us to Thy feet to be instructed. Put down all pride, arrogance. Put down all, Lord, that easily is in our minds right now of all the unrest around us. And bring us to thy feet. If thou art pleased this day to reveal to thy people that thou art their hope. We ask, Lord, all glory and praise and honor be unto thee, for thou art truly worthy. In Jesus' name I pray. David said, And now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. This morning I want to speak about what the believer's hope is, who it is. And by way of introduction, we'll start in the beginning of this psalm. Well, as I said, it's a psalm of David. I said, I will take heed to my ways, that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. Lord, I pray that you would indeed put a bridle on our tongue. Lord, only bring forth that which is pleasing to thee. I do believe that the child of God has a desire not to speak anything that's dishonoring to his Lord. David's no different. I'll keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. I was dumb with silence. I held my peace, even from good. And my sorrow was stirred. My heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. Then spake I with my tongue. That same tongue he said he would not speak with. Now in three verses he is speaking. He's brought to speak when the Lord reveals his sorrow. We have a lot of sorrow in this life. Sorrow over the events in our lives. Sorrow over things in God's providence. Hopefully sorrow over sin. Lord, and what a prayer this is. Make me to know my end. I pray that for every one of you in this room today. That the Lord would make you to know your end. And the measure of my days, what it is, that I may know how frail I am. The Lord has met me on a couple occasions when I've been in my backyard or been on the beach or somewhere to look up into the sky in the heavens to really reveal to me how insignificant I am. I believe when the Lord sets the child of God in that place, 
There's no entitlement. There's no pride. There's no look at me. There's no exalting of self. There's the Lord's humility. The one who laid down his life for his friends. Lord, make me to know my end. And the measure of my days, what it is that I may know how frail I am. Lord, humble me. Behold, thou hast made my days as a handbreadth. And mine age is as nothing before thee. Verily, listen to this. Every man at his best state is altogether vanity. The Lord revealed to his servant, the one whose heart was after his, that every man at his best state, the best state of man, the richest man on the world in the world, the most intellectual man in the world, the one that says has all knowledge in this world, the one that has the wisdom of this world, the one that has the name in this world, the one that has the title in this world. At your best, you are vanity before an almighty sovereign God. You are vanity. See law. Think and ponder about that. Surely every man walketh in a vain show. Surely they are disquieted in vain. He heapeth up riches and knoweth not who shall gather them. And then the question comes in our text, And now, Lord, what wait I for? What do you wait for today? Do you wait for more riches? Do you wait for someone to come and tell you you're right? Do you wait for what you believe you're entitled to? What do you wait for? Do you wait for something in this world or the world to acknowledge you and tell you how great you are? What do you wait for? David is communing with his soul and he says, Lord, what wait I for? My hope. My life. My expectancy. That's a key word this morning. Expectancy is in Thee. It is the difference between hope and the Christian's hope. All throughout this life we use that word. I've used it this morning. I hope we get some rain. I hope to see you again. I hope you have a nice day. That is not the hope in Christ. That expected end is not finished for us. It's presumed upon. It's hoped in. It's not hope in an expected end. It's a hope in what you hope things will be. But the hope of Christ is an expected end. Faith brings hope in the child of God's life because His hope is Christ. It's in Christ. It's not in Himself. It's not in any circumstance. It's not in what you hope today, tomorrow will be. Your hope is in Christ. 
It is Christ. It has an expected end that faith, the faith of the Son of God, takes the child of God and says, this is your hope. Your hope is Christ. Faith leads to Christ. It does not lead to circumstances. It does not lead to an expected end that we do not know the outcome of. The child of God knows the outcome. His victory is in His resurrected Lord. Our hope is in our resurrected Lord who has put down all enemies for every single child of God. It is not the hypocrite's hope that Job spoke about in Job 27.8 when he said, For what is the hope of the hypocrite though he hath gained when God taketh away his soul? I think of what Jesus said to the one who said, I'll build bigger barns. His hope was in his riches. His hope and his expectation was in his own hands to provide for him. And the Lord said, Thou fool, tonight I require your life. Tonight. What does your soul hope for? Wait for? No, the hope of the child of God is Christ. Jeremiah said it this way in Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. The Lord is my hope. When they went to battle, those who knew, and David, who knew and who's, who was kept by the Lord, knew that his heart, I mean his deliverance was in the Lord. The Lord is my strength. Today we hope in many things. And if those hopes are not grounded or found in Christ, and if they're not Christ, they're vanity in what we've heard already. Hope in man, hope in self, hope in religion, hope in, in doctrine. Now I don't use doctrine as teaching. I believe in doctrine being taught. We're all taught of the Lord. What is your hope in today? Jeremiah says his hope is the Lord. Paul said it this way in 1 Timothy 1.1. Paul, an apostle of, of Jesus Christ by the commandment of, our, of God our Savior and Jesus Christ which is our hope. Christ is our hope. He is the hope that anchors our soul. Paul said that in Arab. In Hebrews 6.19, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. Christ is our surety. All of those other things that I mentioned to you today, the riches, the, the health, the, the wealth, the, the knowledge, the name, you can go and flee to all of those things. But they're all fleeting what can you do with what you accumulate in this life? You won't take it to the life to come. We have, Paul said, which hope we have as an anchor of the souls, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. He is the access to the Father. 
He rent the veil. He is our high priest. And hope in anything else is a vain hope. Christ is the hope of glory to the child of God. He is the hope of eternal life. Because that hope that He gives the child of God is that this isn't heaven. This world we live in, in the, in the trials of tears, and in the afflictions of our bodies, in the afflictions of our minds, in the hardships that we go through, this isn't heaven. This isn't, this isn't eternal life. We're pilgrims and strangers, as the Bible calls us. Paul said in Colossians 1.27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. And that mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Do you hope to glory in the Lord? Do you hope in that? And is it a sure and steadfast hope in you today that your hope rests in another that it rests in a, in a Savior who has finished all things for you? Who has performed all things for you? Who has went before you in all things for you? He is the hope of glory. He is the hope of eternal life. Paul in Titus 1-2 said, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promise before the world began. That's where our hope is. Our hope is in a Lord who's in eternity, who finished everything before the foundation of the world. It's not in our works. It's not in our duties. It's not in our religion. It's not in ourselves. To find God. It's not in ourselves to obey God. It's not in ourselves to follow God. Hope is in Christ who is all those things. Christ who is the Father. Christ who is one with the triune Lord. Christ who is our surety. Christ who is our salvation. Christ who is our obedience. Christ who is our righteousness. Christ who is our rest. Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in Thee. That's the believer's hope. It's in Christ. Later in Titus 3.7, Paul wrote that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Do you have that hope this morning? Is your hope in a life that's eternal and not terminal? your hope in a life that it's going to come to an end here. Paul tells us in Romans 8, 24 and 25, we're saved by hope. We're saved by hope. Salvation is a true hope of Christ. It's in Christ. That's what Christ gives us. It's the hope of salvation. We're saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. 
If you have hope in physical things, including yourself, which is a physical thing, it will perish. We're saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do then do we with patience wait for it. Patience of what? Fruit of the Spirit. Patience is of Christ who laid down His life when everyone forsook Him. Who came in time and did everything the Father asked and required of Him and then went back to the Father in His time when it was time for Him to lay down His life. This hope that we have revealed to us is revealed to us in the Word of God. Romans 15.4 says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Are you comforted by the Scriptures? When you read the Scriptures, do you, is your hope in a, in a thought or a teaching or a person or is it brought to the end in Christ? Is He the expected end? Has He fulfilled all expectations in Himself for you? That's the question. Because hope hope for rain and hope for, for health and hope for prosperity and hope for all those things is not a hope that's grounded in an expectation. You hope that things will be that way. But not all the time they are. The hope that's grounded in Christ is an expected end in Christ because He's finished the work the Father has given Him to do. It's sure and it's steadfast and it's unmovable. And we in Christ have that hope. That's what's imputed to us. That's what's gifted to us. And that hope, that hope that's in Christ, that hope that is Christ, makes the child of God not ashamed. What does that mean? The child of God is not going out telling everybody what he's done for his God. What he's done for fellow man. How great he is. What they owe him. What their entitlement is. That hope does not make us ashamed of Christ's finished work. It makes us rest in it. That's what hope is. The hope of glory in Christ. Paul said in Romans 5.5, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God, it's His love that works with this hope. It's the love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. The great Comforter, the Comforter that He sent, comforts the child of God with a fixed hope. That hope is in His Lord. It's not a fleeting hope. It's not something that changes day by day. It's sure and it's steadfast. It doesn't mean we don't change day by day. We do. 
We're moved to and fro by words and whatever we hear and fears and anxieties and, and afflictions. They move us. But the anchor of our soul is Christ's hope. What He's done. Do you live in that reality of that hope? What do you wait for today? Are you waiting for something better? Are we now Wesleyans where we believe that we're going to get better in this life? That we're going to achieve a sanctified state where we sin no more? I hope, I think the older ones in this room can attest to that fact that as old as you are, you're still sinning. So am I. Our hope is that the Lord's put that sin away in Himself. We're going to get to that. So now that we've talked about what the believer's hope is, now that we've talked about Christ being our hope, I want to spend the rest of the day, my time up here, in Lamentations 3, which will describe for us what the believer's hope is. Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet. He cried so much for the people because of their iniquities and because they were carried away and because of the sin in the land. And there were times, just like, just like we are, our hope seems to be subsided, seems to go away and seems to fade. We pick up in Lamentations 3 and verse 18. This is Jeremiah speaking. Some have believed that this is the words messianically of Christ, which I would go with that in many situations here, but they're also the words the Lord gave Jeremiah. And I said, My my hope is perished from the Lord. Jeremiah, where are you looking, buddy? I'm looking at everything around us. I'm looking at captivity. I'm looking at the temple being destroyed. I'm looking at everything lying in ruin. I'm looking at everything falling down around me. I say, Lord, my hope has perished. My hope is gone. Well, Jeremiah, I think we'd all ask the question, what, what are you hoping in then? Is your hope in a sovereign God? And now we get a little insight into why our hope flees from us. In 19, he says, Remembering my affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall, this is why we lose hope. Because of the afflictions. Because of the misery of life. My soul has them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. Lord, I don't know where else to go. I don't know what to do. I've lost my hope. And then we have something miraculous happen. And I hope you've experienced this. I hope that in the days of despair and the days of desperation in your life, that the Lord has come. And those moments that seem so despairing, you look back on now and say, yeah, I remember that moment. I was such at the end of myself. This hardship that happened in my family, it seemed hopeless. This hardship that happens around every day, that it just seems hopeless. This I recall to my mind. Well, just like the prodigal, sitting there slopping the pigs. My father has bread. Where does it come from? Is it a reservoir in us that we just say, 
I'm going to open the can of hope. And I'm going to hope in the Lord today. This I recall to my mind. It was brought to my mind. Because if it does lie in you, I would tell every one of you in here, exercise it every day. You will never complain again. You will never murmur again. If you have that ability in yourself to hope in God at any time. But that's not our testimony, is it? We do have times of barrenness and times of hopelessness. But God. This came to my mind, Jeremiah said. Well, what, Jeremiah? Just a minute ago, your hope is perished from the Lord. This is when the Holy Spirit brings the child of God and sets us in that place and reveals to us Christ is our hope. This is the believer's hope. You can't find in here how Jeremiah got to here. He didn't go pray more. He didn't go perform a sacrifice. God didn't restore the people. No. He looked around in despair and hopelessness. And the Lord lifted him out of that. And Jeremiah said, Whoa, this is what just came into my mind and I want you to listen. If you don't believe this is from God, I can't... I don't know what to say to you. Listen to the window that He has into the heavens that the Holy Spirit has revealed to him about where his hope is. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. You see how we started in, in Psalm today? And we started with what David said, and now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in Thee. And how He got there? Everything in this life, all men, and everything they do is vanity. Everything. This one's brought to a hopeless state and he's brought out of it to see what? The Lord's mercy. It's the Lord's mercy that we're not consumed. And if you can't say that in here today, you don't know you're a sinner. If you can't say that in here today, you haven't been convinced that you're a sinner. If you don't believe it's the Lord's mercy every day, that you're not consumed as many times as you have unbelief, as many times as we think hard things, as many times as we're ugly to one another, if you don't think it's the Lord's mercy that we're not consumed, you haven't been revealed the depth and the evilness of sin. It's of the Lord's mercy and mercy alone that we are not consumed. Hold your finger there and turn with me over to Psalm 103. Shared this this week with my class out there, assembly time. Spoke to me then, so. Let's see. I was going to read just starting in 8, but we'll read the whole thing. I mean, to where I'm going. Psalm of David again. Bless the Lord, O my and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Oh, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Oh, we do, don't we? We don't feel benefited today. We just forget all His benefits. Because our hope's in something else. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, 
who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He hath made known His ways unto Moses, His acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious and slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. Every day the Lord reveals to His children His long-suffering every time He convinces us of sin. Every time. Oh Lord, You have suffered long with me after I've thought this again against You. I didn't come to You, Lord. I have forsaken You once again. He will not always chide. Neither will He keep His anger forever. The anger that burns in God every day against sin has been poured out on His Son who stood in the place of you and I if we be in Christ. And He took the wrath of the Father against that sin so that God's wrath against the sins we commit every day has been appeased. By the Son. You don't think He's plenteous in mercy? You don't think it's it's of His mercy that we're not consumed? Because He has to lead you into that land first. He convinces us of sin to show us what we deserve without Him. What every man, his justice must be satisfied. And it was in his son. You don't believe me? Read verse 10. He has not dealt with us after our sins. Oh, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is so merciful. He has not dealt with us after our sins. He has not rewarded us according to our iniquities. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. That's the depth of His love and mercy. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear Him. For He knoweth our frame, He remembereth that we are dust. Is that not a merciful Lord? Is that not the depth of His mercy? To remember our frame? To remember what it is that we carry around with us every day? That we're not consumed? It's of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His love and compassions fail not. Jeremiah told us that in 31.3. He said, The Lord has appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. It's an everlasting love. It's not fickle like ours. It doesn't go away. 
It's not abated. His compassions, they fail not. John tells us in John 10 that having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them to the end. That's an everlasting love. And those are the same ones that betrayed him and went away from him in his time of need. But he loved them to the end. Didn't shake his love. He went to the cross and he laid down his life. For you and I that forsake Him today and for those who forsake Him then. He was forsaken by the Father that you and I will never be forsaken. That's the Lord's mercy. That's the Lord's love. And I got even better news for you in the next verse. They're new every morning. He's faithful every morning every morning to bring forth the smile in our soul that's Him the hope of glory which is Him the faith to believe which is His the love to love which is His they're new every morning because great is His faithfulness great is Thy faithfulness Paul said in 2 Timothy 2.13 If we believe not, yet He abideth faithful. He cannot deny Himself. He cannot deny His plan for His own. He cannot deny His life that is the life of His children. He is faithful. Every day. I wish I had a faithful attitude every day. To go and do what the Lord's called me every day. But it's just not the case. Too much self. Too much things in this world to distract me. No, my faithfulness, if it was up to me to serve Him and to keep Him and to, to obey Him. If it was up to my obedience, I'd burn in hell. I'd be destined for hell. And I'm convinced of that because the Holy Spirit has said to me that left to myself, I will not seek Him. I will not choose Him. I will not follow Him. But because of Him, I will in the day of His power. And you will too in the day of His power. The Lord is my portion. He is my part. He is what has been chosen to give me. He is. Not things. The Lord is my portion. But Jeremiah, just a minute ago, you had no hope. Everything has been taken away from you. That's right, because the Lord is my portion. I have hope because the Lord is my portion. Not that temple over there. Not the, the captivity that we're going in. Not the land that we're losing hope is in me. The Lord is my portion. You know why the Lord is our portion? Because we're His portion. Deuteronomy tells us that in Deuteronomy 32.9 
for the Lord's portion is His people. The Lord's portion, His inheritance, His part given to Him is His people. The Lord's portion is His people. Jacob is the lot of His inheritance. The people of God are His portion. And because of that, He is our portion. You see how everything flows from Christ? Everything is given to Him. Everything we ever have, sufficiency is in Christ. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in Him. There's that hope again. It's in Christ. I'll hope in Him because He's my portion. The Lord is good. You hear that? Can you say that this morning? Can you look in your soul this morning and commune with your soul and say the Lord is good? Does it almost bring you to tears to think about how good the Lord is to you? And how great His mercy is to you? The Lord is good. He's plenteous in mercy. The Lord is good unto them that wait for Him, to the soul that seeketh Him. The Lord is good. The psalmist said in 73.26, My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. He is our portion. He is good. We need His patience. Is that what we see in twenty? What we see there? The Lord is good unto them that wait for Him. We've already seen that once this morning. Patience. The Lord gives that patience to wait for the Lord. Wait, I say, upon the Lord. The psalmist said that in twenty-seven fourteen. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and be, and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. The Lord is my portion. He must bring me to wait upon Him. To be still. Hear those words of the shepherd. Be still and know that I am God. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Be still, waters. And then and only then will you be able to walk on them and come to Christ in the day of His power. Oh, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. 26 tells us it is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. May He impress that upon us this morning. That our hope and salvation is the Lord. It's of the Lord. It's by the Lord. And it's through the Lord. And all the noise and all the fodder and all the things that pollute our mind every day May He take them all away. May He purge us of those and give us this expected end. We'll end today in Jeremiah 29. If you'll go with me there, Jeremiah 29.
We'll just pick up verse 10. For thus saith the Lord. After 70 years, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon. That was the length of their their captivity. I don't know the length of yours. I don't. I don't know how long sin will take hold of you and how long you'll be a slave to it. I don't know. I don't know. I just know that only Christ can set you free. For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you. He will visit us in the day of His power and the day of His choosing, according to His will, and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place, to return to Christ, to return to Him. Now think about this one. This one just melts me. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Here it is. To give you an expected end. That's the hope that's in the Lord. It's in His expected end. What He has finished. Not what we think it'll be. Not what we hope it to be. But what His expected end is. And that's Himself. He is the portion of His people. what hope is right there through peace thoughts of peace and not of evil oh we think hardly of God sometimes we say that Lord why why am I going through this why have you brought this into my life but his thoughts toward his people are peace Romans 8 28 it's for good it's for the love of their soul Then, then, filled with the hope of Christ and the power of the hope, shall you call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. You see that? That's all His work. He's the expected end. He's the one who brings us to Him. He's faithful. We've established that. He's faithful. And you shall seek me. Shall. You will. You shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. Well, we already know part of this heart of ours is desperately wicked. Who can know it? It's deceitful above all things. So it can't be that heart. It must be the new heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. The Lord is the restoring. He restoreth my soul. As we're taken captive by sin and as we're taken far away from the Lord, He is faithful to bring us back. We sang that song this morning, I was a wandering sheep. What are you wandering after? Sin, lust, 
world. But he abideth faithful. He can swear by no other. And the Lord will always bring his children back. And I ask you one more time in our text this morning. And now, Lord, Psalm 39, 7. And now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in Thee. Dear Heavenly Father, add Thy power come to our souls and fill them with this hope. To Thee be all glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.